Welcome to the Studies in Proverbs podcast, produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. This is taken from a video series you can find on our website, heartcrymissionary.com. HeartCry is a missionary society founded by Paul Washer. The goal of our ministry is to glorify God and bring the greatest possible good to humankind through the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of biblical churches throughout the world. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. Welcome back to our study of the book of Proverbs. Um, in the last lesson, we studied, um, well, Proverbs chapter 1, verses uh, 10 through 19, and we were looking at several characteristics of the wicked. Today, we're going to continue in the same passage, but we're going to look at the response of the wise uh, young person uh, to the wicked. How should we respond to those who have decided that they are not going to fear the Lord and they're not going to walk according to his commands? How should we respond to them? Well, let's read our text. Let's, let's begin in verse 10. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like shield, even whole as those who go down to the pit. We will find all kinds of precious wealth. We will fill our houses with spoil. Throw in your lot with us. We shall all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your feet from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they hasten to shed blood. Indeed, it is useless to spread the baited net in the sight of any bird, but they lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who gains by violence, it takes away the life of its possessor. Let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I, I pray for the young people who will be hearing this and seeing this video. Dear God, please do a work in their heart. If they do not know you, Lord, change their heart. Regenerate their heart, Lord. Grant them repentance and faith. Oh, dear God, that they might know you and live for your glory. That their useless lives would be turned into lives that are extremely useful and bountiful with the fruit of your Spirit. Father, please help them, strengthen them, those who are Christians, Lord. Make them wise in the scriptures. Cause them to increase in the fear of the Lord, to be able to walk, Lord, in this world so dark, so fallen, to walk as lights, and to be useful instruments to advance your kingdom. And Father, I pray for their parents, that their parents would also grow in grace, they would be converted, that they would love you, and they would seek to be examples and teachers to their children, not of their opinions or life experiences, but of your word. Oh Lord, I entrust these young people to you and I pray that what's done here today will have an impact on their eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in the last lesson we, uh, we exposed, God exposed in his word, um, some of the characteristics of the wicked. And uh, let's just, uh, by way of refresher, let me pull my notes here and uh, let's just go through them just quickly. Self-centered. 
unconcerned with the welfare of others, willing to use others for their own benefit or their own pleasure, their own goals. And remember what we learned. We don't just need to look out the window at the world. We need to realize that these things can also be in us. And when they are, we must deal with them quickly and severely. Make no compromises with these kinds of attitudes. Recognize that they're sin and repent of them. Another thing that we learned about them is that they're greedy in this text. They have, because they don't know God, because they don't have a relationship with God, they have these insatiable and unbiblical desires that the more they feed them, the greater those desires become. They're never satisfied. And it causes them, it moves the wicked to do all sorts of very foolish and very destructive things in, in hopes of satisfying their lusts. Um, we mentioned also that um, they're not really, really smart and they're self-destructive. That many times they know they are doing wrong, but the power of sin is so great in their lives that they go on anyways, almost like, like a calf to the slaughter, knowing that it's about to die, and yet having no choice but to keep moving forward to fulfill that desire. And we don't want to be that way. And the only way to escape this type of vicious cycle is by giving your life over to Christ and by submitting to his word. Now, let's look at the response of, of the young person who is wise, who is fearing the Lord, who is godly. First of all, um, you're surrounded, young person. You're, you're literally, you're in a world that's fallen, and you're surrounded by so many people who do not fear the Lord, do not know the Lord, and are constantly going to be trying to get your ear to listen to you. What is the first thing you should do? Well, the first thing you should do is listen, not to them, but to godly counsel. To godly counsel. Look at, look at what we have here. It's very interesting. In verses 8 and 9, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are a graceful reef to your head and ornaments about your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Do you see what's going on there? You are to say yes to that counsel which lines up with the scriptures. And you're to surround yourself with people who can give godly counsel and with those who are seeking to know the will of God in the word of God. Put, put those types of people around you. That's, you should be having fellowship with them. And then when, when other people come into your life that are contrary to the will of God, maybe you can't avoid it. Do not listen to their counsel. And as we're going to see, do not spend a great deal of time with them because little by little, the ungodliness will erode your godliness and your commitment to Christ. The first thing to do, listen to the godly authorities that are over you. Now let's think about this. Your parents, they brought you into this world and you have cost them a lot of money. <laughs> really? They've spent time with you they love you. I can tell you as a parent that even, even when I have to discipline my children, even when they sometimes make me mad, I would give my life for them without even thinking about it. So are you going to listen 
to people who've made that kind of commitment to you. Then think about maybe, uh, hopefully you're in a biblical church with godly and noble pastors who are serving not for money, not for power, not for fame, but they're serving for the glory of God and because they love God's people. And they know the Word of God. So the first thing to do to avoid evil is associate yourself with the godly and listen to godly counsel. Listen to godly counsel, beginning with your parents. I mean, any time you have these authorities in your life, like a, a mother, a father, a pastor, a teacher that, that have proven themselves to be faithful, and you start hearing something from somebody else that contradicts their counsel, at least red flags ought to jump up everywhere. And you need to say, wait, hold it. No, I'm not listening to this. This is wrong. This is dangerous. So the first thing to do is to listen to godly counsel. And let me say this. I have this written down in my notes. Remember, you have two options. <laughs> Learn first. And from your learning, live. And, and then from that, to, to prosper. To at least avoid a lot of troublesome days. Because you have learned the truth. And you're living based on the truth and you're receiving the consequences of that. Now the other option is throw that out and instead of learning to live, go out there and just live. And learn, you know, in what they call the school of, of hard knocks. Just get beat around for about 60 years and maybe at the end of it you'll know enough to regret that you made that decision. So, so what do you want to do? Learn from the godly, live, and avoid a lot of suffering. Or Live, learn, and suffer a whole lot. And maybe go off the path for 40 or 50 years that you didn't have to. Just doesn't make sense. So whenever dealing with evil, the first thing to do is run to the godly and run to godly counsel. Now, next, look in verse 15. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your feet from their path. Now look what it says. Keep your feet from their path. All right? Stay away from the start. And, and that's what I, I really want you to see this. This is, the first plan, pan, this is the first plan of battle when dealing with sin. Just stay away from it. Stay away from the temptation. Now, of course, we live in a fallen world and you can't avoid temptation always. But there's so many instances in which Christians, they act like a bird walking into a snare. They know it's dangerous. They want to get closer to the fire knowing they may get burned. Don't do that. The first way you beat sin is by avoiding it. Staying away from it. Separate yourself from it. As God says in 2 Corinthians, you know, come out and be separate from all that mess. You don't need it. You don't need to experience it in order to know it's no good. It's just no good because God says it's no good. You see, that's the first step. Stay away. Do not put yourself in places or in relationships where you are going to be enticed. Now, if you do come in contact, which we all will, because we're not going to go move out in a commune somewhere up in the mountains. We live in the world, but we're not to be of it. When we do come in contact, what is the first thing? Do not trust the world's enticement. 
Look at, at verse 14. They said, throw in your lot with us. We shall have one purse. Now remember who these people are. These are violent people who go around killing, stealing from everyone they see. Even people who are innocent that have nothing to do with them. They are doing harm to everyone. They are not faithful to God. They are not faithful to other people. They rebel against God. They're willing to murder and rob and steal. And now they're telling you, look, we're going to make a commitment with you. We're going to be faithful to you. Really? Is that what you think? Again, if you see a group of people doing things that are contrary to the will of God, they're rebelling against God, they're mocking God, the one who made them, and you see the way they treat each other oftentimes rather cruelly, do you think that just for you they're going to change? Don't listen to their enticement. Anything that contradicts the word of God, do not listen. That is not your friend. It's not your friend. Because true love wants you to walk in righteousness. True love wants you to have abundant life. True friends are concerned about your soul. And so whenever you hear a group of people, again, that are saying things that contradict, even though they offer you the world, but the things they're saying contradicts the word of God, get away. Get away. Again, I think I, I shared this a while back. When I was a, a young Christian, I grew rather rapidly. And it wasn't because I was special. It, it's because I was surrounded by so many uh, godly uh, people, young people at the university, young people in our church, older people in our church. I was in a biblical church. And I grew. And I was protected. And that's exactly what you need. And guess what? That's exactly what I still need today. My standard of judgment, the way I weigh everything, is the Word of God. And if what they're telling me to do contradicts God's Word, I know not only to not listen, but to run. To run. Now, another thing. We've said don't even enter you know, into their path. But again, we live in a world where we're going to come into contact with temptation and with people who are trying to entice us to do things that are not according to God's will. What should we do? He says in verse 15, do not walk in the way with them. You may find yourself right alongside some people who are really doing things outside of the will of God. Don't walk with them. Don't enter into a fellowship with them so that they begin to have more influence on you than you have on them. And even at the beginning, if you think you're having more influence on them, little by little, they will erode your godliness. I want you to look. Well, first of all, I want to look at a text. Just look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Now flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. That's what I've been saying. That's what Proverbs is teaching us. The first thing to do, flee. Run away from everything that contradicts God's will. But don't just run away. There's something you must pursue. Pursue righteousness. God's character. God's will. Pursue faith. 
Be around other people and, and study the scriptures so that your faith, your trust in God grows and grows and grows. And your love and your peace. Those are the things that you need to pursue along with those who call upon the name of the Lord from a pure heart. Again, Christianity is not a lone wolf religion. You need other believers around you. That's why your parents are probably so concerned that you have good friends. Because in many ways, your friends are going to determine what kind of person you are. Now, I want us to go quickly just uh, to the New Testament. Because we have a very important passage over there that just came to mind. Uh, go to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6. Look what it says. Verse 14. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness and what fellowship has light with darkness? Do not be bound together with unbelievers. It doesn't mean that you're supposed to run away from all unbelievers or never talk to unbelievers or that you can't have some sort of a relationship with believers, but do not be bound together with them. And the idea here is, is um, do you know what a yoke is? Not the kind in an egg, but a yoke that goes over the neck of an oxen where there, there are double yokes in which two oxen are placed under a wooden yoke. And the one thing about it is where one goes, the other has to go. So there's, they're either going to go together or there's going to be a tremendous fight. And sooner or later, the stronger one is going to win and the weaker one is going to give way and follow the stronger one. And what he's saying is, if you get yourself in a yoke with such a relationship with an unbeliever that where they go, you have to go or you have to be fighting all the time. And eventually you give in. He says, get out of that. Don't do that. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Righteousness, the law actually, is conformity to God's character. Okay? Lawlessness is the very opposite. Rebellion against God's character. What do they have in common? Nothing. So you're a person who said you want to live a life conformed to the law of God, but you're in a yoke with a person who is saying just the opposite. One of you is going to lose. And he goes on and he says, What fellowship has light with darkness? Zero. Again, righteousness and lawlessness have nothing in common. Light and darkness have nothing in common. Now he goes for the really big guns. Verse 15. What harmony has Christ with Belial? With, with the devil. I mean, what agreement is there between Christ and the devil? Absolutely zero. Zero. Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever in many ways? Zero. Now, we need to be kind. We need to be loving. We need to be respectful. We live in a world of unbelievers and we need to be noble towards them and helpful. But we do not need to enter into any relationship that's going to allow them to be an influence upon our lives. And then he goes on in verse 16. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? Nothing. Zero. Nothing. One of the greatest desecrations of the temple was when Roman emperors or others brought in idols just to just to destroy the morale of the Jewish people, just to blaspheme their God. There's nothing in common between God's temple and idols. 
And then look at the promise God gives you. I, I know sometimes it's hard to say no to people offering you friendships. But look at what God says. First, He gives us a promise. I will dwell in them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, He says, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will welcome you and I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Now I want you to think about this for a moment. God looks at you and says, look, get out of there. Don't walk in that darkness. Don't walk in that kind of fellowship that's going to influence you. Come out. And let's say that you look at God and you say, why? And he says, I will dwell with you. I will walk with you. I will be your God. You will be, you'll be mine. I will welcome you. I'll be a father to you. You'll be like a son or a daughter to me. And then you look at him and say, not enough. Or what else can you offer me? Do you see how just truly horrible that is? You know what it shows? If you have that kind of an attitude, it shows either you're not converted, one, or number two, you just really don't understand yet who God is. That he would offer us not just a relationship, but sonship, to be his children, and to, and to share um, himself with us. That's our incentive for walking away from the world from not getting into a relationship that is going to influence us contrary to the will of God. That's our great incentive. And that's why I say the more you know about God as He reveals Himself in the Scriptures, the easier it's going to be for you to love Him and to follow Him. Well, I hope this study has been helpful and we'll move on to a, a wonderful study of, of wisdom as it is personified here in chapter 1 of the book of Proverbs in the next few lessons. God bless you, and, and again, listen, listen to godly counsel and turn an ear away from that which contradicts the Scriptures. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about Park Cry Missionary Society.